0: Footballs right around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season with their daily fantasy contests. And for week one, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at $1 million in top prizes. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum five dollar deposit and one dollar wager required one per customer restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or in indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT today on the soda pod we're jumping right into the hoppy hour Hoppy's not going to be here next week, so we have a lot of hockey talk to cover. A uh, reminder to check out Brewery Travels every Thursday here on the Soda Pod feed. Hoppy, the Canes, they big dick Montreal in revenge. And NHL players, they're back at the Olympics. All that and more in episode 195 of the Soda Pod. Let's go. When I... To Vancouver Island. Welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Joma here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. Man, there is a lot to unpack in this episode. The episode before you take a little vacation.
1: Yes, yes. Gonna miss the next two here. And while that saddens me, I'll be on a beach in Hawaii, so I really don't feel that bad.
0: He doesn't feel bad at all, but hey, hey, he said he's a little bit saddened. Look, the guy's committed to the soda pod because at one point last week, he's like, well, maybe for like the second episode, I might have a layover and maybe I can do it from my phone. I was like, no, it's all good. You enjoy yourself. No pressure there. Uh, speaking of pressure, there's uh, the Montreal Canadiens, man. They're they're feeling the pressure. We'll get into all of that and more in our NHL segment. I uh, just want to remind everyone quickly that you can hit us up on Twitter and Facebook at The Soda Pod. You can leave a text message or voicemail at 612-324-1684. We're totally interactive here on The Soda Pod. We love to connect with our listeners. You can leave us your wild takes, your NHL takes, your hot sports takes, suggestions for Tim Peel's hot mics, or you can even... Send us a story for Make Good Choices. I didn't say it in the intro, but we have a Tim Peel's Hot Mic of the Week, a late edition here on episode 195 as well. Uh, the Sodapod and the Hockey Podcast Network are proudly powered by DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use promo code THPN upon sign up for a bonus. And if you're a regular user, plug that promo code in for weekly deals. On the other side, the Hoppy Hour here on episode 195 of the Sodapod. First, I'd like to propose a toast to UMD goaltender Alex Stalock. To Staloc! To I love that stuff. been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. Well, you all hopped out? All right, Hoppy. I, uh, I watched the UFC uh, fight night last night. Huge fan of The Ultimate Fighter myself. I think it's like the world junior of MMA because the guys just go balls to the wall with nothing to lose. Very loose technique. But uh, the fights are always entertaining. Um, yeah, I got way too liquored up. Uh, I ran out of beer because I guzzled that all last night as well as most of the vodka. So I have my final shot of, uh, <laughs> of my Salt Spring vodka that I'm about to, about to drink. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about uh, the last beer of the pod pack, which I indulged uh, last night uh, momentarily. But what do you have on tap today?
1: Well, As you mentioned, I am going out of town here for a week. Didn't make sense to get beers to sit in the fridge over that time, so we go back to the well. Had another dabble of Northland vodka, and it doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt that Mark Parrish is the only player on my uh, all Minnesota team that actually interacted with the post. So,
0: yeah, I, can, can I, you, I just Mark? say thank you, Mark? I don't know if you listen to the podcast now, but he followed me on Twitter, so that that's wow. a, that says a lot there because uh i know i tweet a lot especially last night in a drunken ufc <laughs> i don't even i was gonna it, say rage, but i don't even know what the word is excitement like it was just a fun night overall but anyways uh here cheers to mark paris cheers, cheers to northland vodka cheers to salt spring vodka and uh hope hoppy has a great holidays over there hope you're drinking a lot of vod- vodka over there on the on the beaches
1: i'll drink whatever i find man <laughs> But it's, it's definitely going to be a Russo-esque stint for you where just like me being followed for like a week and then something happened where I scared him off. Is the over-under going to hit for Parrish
0: following you? Hey, that's a, maybe that's a clip for our listeners. We'll see how long it takes. I don't know. Mark likes all my tweets. We, uh, we help pump Northland. I I think he's just like, you know what? These guys do a lot for me. I'll give them the satisfaction. I know how much, you know, it hurts Isha. You know, he can't sleep when he's thinking about these people who aren't following him. Even our employee, Brandon Ruicki from Amaze Media Labs. I don't know why I scared him off there, but anyways, Mark's a good guy. So thank you uh, very much. So I said, I had the, the last beer of the podcast or the, the podcast, the pod pack, shout out Vancouver Island brewing for this, uh, I guess the second time they've done this, they started it in 2020 Posted a little, uh, like uh, documentary on the whole pod pack itself on our Twitter page at the soda pod. So go check that out. Um, hopefully we can connect with some Vancouver Island brewing folks to just talk about some of the cool things that they're doing this next year as well. Uh, this last one was with you cool it brewing, which hoppy, when you come out here, um, i'm going to take you to tofino which is you know like the it, that's where the hawaii of canada phrase comes from you know uh our long beach which is an unbelievable beach where you can surf and whatnot that's in tofino right next to tofino is Yukulit, the small the surf town of yuki uh not surf beaches but resorts uh a cute little town that's where like the culture of that area vancouver island is where tofino is very much like a touristy spot now have never been to ukula Bring. i don't know if it's new or not because i go to tofino in that area at least once a year uh this one's the wave yeah the wave walker it's a hell's bock and i've never had that type of beer before maybe maybe i have but never have like actually like purchased it read the can whatnot you know maybe someone bought a beer for me and it was one of those because it had a familiar taste very very rich now maybe you're more the expert on it hoppy i don't know if you've dabbled with uh with hell's much at all, but that, that's what I found really enjoyed it. Not necessarily a refreshing beer. It, it's a rich beer um, that I, I don't know if it's like good for a summer season or winter season. Maybe it's like a fall or spring type of beer. Um, what, what are your thoughts on it?
1: I've had a big range, to be honest. Like a lot of the, the hells that I've drank have actually been a lot more bitter. So I don't know, I, I think it can kind of be a pretty wide spectrum. And I gotta ask, did you enunciate the L in Walker? When you read that, can
0: <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. You have to listen back. <laughs>
1: Walker. Okay. It was like, it wasn't that pronounced, but it was like Walker. Like, just like a soft little L. I don't know.
0: Hey, talking to Q every Wednesday, I think he's rubbing off on me a little bit. There you go. <laughs> That's where I insert Tarasenko's clip. Anyways. What's a rub off means? Um, <laughs> so you feel bad for uh, the Gopher football fans, you told me.
1: Oh, I mean, first, I feel bad for myself because I'm decades into the pain of being a Huskers fan. The last time they were good, I think I was seven. Um, But, yeah, it's just funny that, like, you see all of the Gophers fan trying to insert some rivalry, kind of like with the Chargers and the Vikings. That just kind of, like, came out of nowhere via social media. And I don't know. I'm pretty convinced that the only reason Gophers fans take jabs at the Huskers is because it's the only team in the Big Ten that's, like, decisively worse than the Gophers. So I don't know, maybe they'll prove me wrong this year. Maybe the the cheerleader coach will push them to the promised land, but I'm skeptical
0: hey so much hype though uh everyone loving the return of college football um oh, i see just absolutely you know, i don't care I see, which team <laughs> yeah there you go like i said just, just see all the love on twitter which again you know up here in canada that there are the diehard college football fans that it, it's huge it's in every market hell it's it's somewhat worldwide too as i have some friends like overseas in europe who are like you know college football junkies too even over the uh the nfl um obviously cfl takes the, the cake but that's a story for another day most um, college
1: teams could beat cfl teams
0: Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Most, I'd say probably the the top tier ones. Majority,
1: majority, meaning more than half.
0: Mm, We're getting closer, but anyways. (laughs) The Lions won over the weekend, so I'm pumped. Um, but yeah, no, that that's super exciting. Um, our, our friends at everything college hockey—they're gearing up for the you know the college hockey season. Um, again, not as huge up here in Canada, but since I've been doing the soda pod, connecting with everyone in Minnesota, like it's even got me pumped. Um, finding more and more ways to and easier ways uh, to to watch those broadcasts here up here in Canada as well.
1: So, Isha, have you officially, or maybe we're gonna wait and figure this out leading up to the season? But like, have you officially decided who your Minnesota team is? Or is it a Minnesota team? Maybe that might be even worse.
0: I know. I was like thinking just doing like, uh, I don't know, like North Dakota or something. Something just to piss you off. Gross. No, it's honestly, um, it's probably going to be the Gophers. Like, I I don't think I have a choice at this point. I think. Welcome uh,
1: to sadness.
0: Yeah, I know. uh, Brett's probably like, Isha, why?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, shit. We've. So we got Brett and a couple other friends. I know Micheletti for sure, who are going to be Mankato. Mankato, Uh, we've obviously got our friends up at St. Cloud in uh, Beaver Island who push really hard. They go to the games. Alexis, I guess I don't even know if she's a Gopher St. Cloud fan at this What's point. What's
0: Baki? He's not a Gopher fan. Oh is he? no,
1: Baki's Baki's big, big Duluth.
0: Right, right. And I mean, then pretty much the only
1: the only Bemidji friend that we have is uh, our boy over at ECH. So
0: hey, you got to give it to them though. Hey. Yeah. And yeah, and no one, and rightfully so, is a fan of uh, Wisconsin. Thank God.
1: Yeah, or St. Thomas as of now. <laughs> they're, <laughs> definitely, they're definitely going to be most people's least favorite. There'll be some who say the Gophers still, but if we're all being honest ourselves, no one really likes St. Thomas. Um, and I, honestly, as it sits right now, if we're just going to go with like recency bias, my favorite team is probably Bemidji because they embarrassed Wisconsin, and nothing makes <laughs> me happier
0: there you go Um excited to bring bring back the MNC segment as well and uh, our boys from everything college hockey who'll be joining us again when the season starts um, all right on the other side like I said a lot to unpack in this next story hoppy you're listening to the soda pod episode 195 presented by the hockey podcast network All right, so you know, I'll let you start this one off because you were just as excited as I was when uh, when the news went down yesterday.
1: Let me just lead by saying that there's really nothing that makes me more excited on Twitter than petty wars, and when you see it coming from NHL teams, no, NHL owners, it just magnifies it so much and it makes me so happy. And the beauty here is, like, Isha, we'll get into the details, but. Everyone assumes that this offer sheet that came from Carolina was purely just out of spite and revenge. I think it's actually a really smart move, too. So, we'll get into that.
0: Yeah, so, for those who don't know, and I'm sure everyone in the hockey world and everyone who listens to our podcast should know by now that the Carolina Hurricanes offered uh, Yesperi, not Kotken <laughs> K- Niemi. which, by the way, apparently the double is that everyone's referring to is because of his last name that there's two K's in it, so... That's stupid. As, as I replied, my God. But anyways, um, they su- they offered, they sent an offer sheet to Jesperi Yemi. What was it, $6.1 million for one year? Um, a very rich contract for a player who hasn't popped yet as a top center in the National Hockey League. Hell, not even a second-line center. Just put that finger down. Let me finish. Um, and they essentially, like Hobby said, not only did they... Uh, they show revenge for what Montreal, you know, tried to do with them last year, which was sign at, well will offer Sebastian Ajo an offer sheet in which he signed and the Carolina Hurricanes matched it, but they put Montreal into a corner as Montreal is, you know, they're, they're up against the cap. They're not necessarily the, well, they're, they're not the Stanley cup, uh, you know, run team that they, that they were last year's there. They lost some key pieces. Um, and they're, they, they just quite frankly can't sign them to this deal, let alone, do they even want to sign him to this deal? So it, it's a very interesting and, and to jump on the the pettiness on Twitter, like Hoppy, highlight some of the tweets that were coming from the Mon- or sorry from the the Carolina Hurricanes and why they were so relevant and why we're saying that it's revenge.
1: Well, Anisha, I can't even get into that until we actually comment on the fact that you didn't even read off the entire offer
0: sheet. Oh yes, the the best. Please finish it off. The the best fucking detail of it all.
1: Yes, and this will tie in very well to the Petty Wars here. But they gave him a twenty-dollar signing bonus. Twenty, not twenty million. Twenty dollars.
0: Twenty,
1: which uh, ties to number twenty, who had the offer sheet thrown at him previously by Montreal, and uh, basically went the opposite route, where it was very, very heavily, uh, you know, laden. I guess we could say, <laughs> with uh, the bonuses which is why a lot of people are saying right away, oh, this cheap owner, he's not going to match this offer sheet for Aho. Yeah. And of course he did. But, uh, you know, it's funny because it is absolutely sticking it to them. But let, let's not forget that this did kind of help the team, Carolina, right? The owner's not thrilled because I don't care how much he's worth. No one wants to throw, it was, I think, over $20 million that first year between salary and signing bonuses. so. That sucks, but at the end of the day, they actually got him on a pretty reasonable number and got through a negotiation that was not making any headway. So that was something that a lot of people tend to forget. But on the flip side, (laughs) oh, man, there's so many angles here for how this is just not fun for Montreal. Um, Especially because
0: Carolina tweeted in French, too, and they uh, tweeted pretty much the exact same verbiage as when Montreal tweeted uh, that uh, Sebastian Aho had signed, you know, signed the offer sheet, you know, and pending to become a member of the Montreal Canadiens, obviously Carolina had to match, which they did. Carolina sent out the exact, pretty much again, pretty much the exact same verbiage in a tweet, and then tweeted it in French. Like fuck, man. A plus um, from that team social, and then changed
1: their profile on oh, Twitter yes. to also be French which is just incredible. Um, and I, I love it.
0: Look, Don Waddell is going to want Don Waddell Hoppy. And we both agree on this. We are talking off air here that like already, he would have got our vote for GM of the year. If he didn't sign that fucking scumbag, Tony D'Angelo, this off season. So it's like, ah, God damn it. I want to give him more praise, but I can't cause he still, you still made a questionable decision there.
1: Well, and at the end of the day too, a lot of people are probably going to give him kudos because guess what? If he comes in and he's not a problem in the locker room, it's probably going to help their team a lot, especially after losing Dougie Hamilton. So it's going to probably end up being a good move. But obviously, we don't need to explain why we are anti Tony D'Angelo on this podcast. Yeah, like
0: Tony D'Angelo, without everything that makes him Tony D'Angelo, just the player you got yes a fraction of a player of what dougie hamilton is but you got a guy who can still put up 40 points and you got him for a million dollars
1: yeah i was gonna say it even more fractions of the price so it ends up working out
0: um again don't condone don't condone the move i'm telling everyone there but purely from like a hockey perspective again if there's no baggage in the locker room all that all the shit that is tony d'angelo which again That's that's a long shot there. That's yet to be seen. I'm not putting my money on Tony D'Angelo suddenly becoming a saint, but it could work out. Talking about Kakanyemi and if he does become a member of the Carolina Hurricanes hobby, you look at the center depth of this Carolina Hurricanes team now. I don't care if he's worth six million dollars or not. Jordan Stahl is your fourth line center. And so you could literally have two third lines. You could split the exact time of the third line and the fourth line. Jordan Stahl is more of the shutdown, but Jordan Stahl, you know, with his time in Pittsburgh, still a very talented hockey player. Um, you know, the, the second best out of all the Stahl brothers, I would, I would argue. Um, that's that's a hell of a, of a, of a hard team to play. If you're, if your centers and your lines are that deep with talent. And again, I, I, I don't, I don't think that again, if this happens that Carolina would even have a quote unquote fourth line, they'd have two third lines and cock and Jordan stalls,
1: or you have the flexibility to take any of those second, third, fourth line guys, basically anyone, not Aho, and shift them to the wing for that middle six group. And then you've got the flexibility and the leeway, depending on who they have for their fourth-line center. Yeah, or Kuck
0: um, Yemi on the wing, because I right. maybe Marty so, Newcastle, I said, to me, is, is, un, yeah, is, is unbelievable. And you want him at C, for sure. Isn't it Natchez? I don't know, man. I, don't know. We'll, I we'll go by what it. Craig Button says. So. so
1: one thing I need to hit on, though, that you said that I think is probably going to turn out to be false, I don't think Montreal's up against the cap at all, because they're probably going to be throwing Price and Weber on LTIR. <laughs>
0: Yeah, don't, you have to, don't you have to declare your cap before you put players on L- LTIR?
1: Right. They're going to wait until they have players to sign. I'm saying they have the flexibility to get up there because they can wait to put them on LTIR until they decide they want to.
0: Sure, but then that $6 million hampers maybe some you know depth players that they could bring in who, let, let's be honest, usually I don't say, okay, depth players are going to, help your team make the playoffs, but shit, Hoppy, look what happened last year. They made the playoffs as a depth, as a team, rich of depth players. So they kind of don't have any choice, but to execute that model again, moving forward, if they bring in cut, can at that price? I mean, it's kind of sealed, sealed the fate, even of that season, especially price and Weber going LTIR. That team's not going anywhere. Like, look, Jake Allen played very well, taking nothing away from him. He's not going to be able to carry that team because there's only <laughs> one person who can carry that team and his name is Carrie motherfucking Price.
1: Um, so I get what you're saying. My point is if they want to keep him, they can. Um, I'm also on record saying that I don't think they should. I think they take should take a first take, and
0: a third, right? Take is a first is that and a
1: th- third, flip him. Hey, maybe you can go out and get another center because guess what? They have to in that scenario, losing him and Pizza Man himself, yeah. Phil know
0: God, that's a big loss.
1: But, I mean, at this point, man, because basically what they've really done is fucked them in future contracts, too. Like, very well done, Waddell. Like, seriously, applause. Because if they sign him, they take this offer sheet and they give it to him. Next contract, if you – you know, your starting offer is 6-1. Same with the one after that. Same with the one after that. Like, that's where he's locked in. And what Elliot Friedman said about – Kind of this unique situation here with the Carolina Hurricanes because, again, he is a free agent, restricted. But if they're reaching out to him to talk about the offer sheet, they probably also talk to him about, hey, if this works, here's what the future contract looks like. And I bet I bet it's smaller than 6.1, but it's long term and it's something that he likes. And they would be very, very well off to bring someone in like this. So I think Carolina gets all win here because either they stick to Montreal or they actually get the player they want.
0: And look, and in his extension, you better believe that the signing bonus is more than twenty dollars. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, it's it's pretty incredible. But so like- <laughs> I,
0: I hope it's a Canadian dollar bill too, so they could just like show it, Ooh. you know, and then post it on Twitter.
1: Ooh, I like that. With a that. Budweiser,
0: or sorry, with a Molson Canadian can behind it.
1: Ooh, maybe they get Frenchie from uh, Talladega Knights to come out and announce the signing.
0: Well, I said Molson because the Molson brothers own the Canadians. I
1: got that. I, yeah.
0: Well, maybe I the it. listeners don't. I don't know. Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> um. So let's just like look at the Carolina Hurricanes, though, because they have had the most tumultuous offseason out of any team. So much change. And coming from a team that, I mean, Asia, they were probably in that top five group of contenders last year. Were they not?
0: Yeah, I, I would say so. And, I mean, I have their team up in front of me. And, yeah, it was it was shaken up a bit. I mean, a lot like you, lot. like you highlighted, but I, they're still a good team. The, the big question is, are they the best team or a good team in the division that they're in now? And that's what you wanted to highlight here. And I think we should, we should talk, you know, about, about that as well. Looking at the roster though. I mean, do you, other than, you know, Dougie Hamilton leaving and obviously we just talked about D'Angelo, at least they, they filled in that spot. They, they got a little younger. I mean, they, they brought in Ethan bear as well. um, <coughs> Ian Cole is now there. I mean, we all know how much Hoppy and I love Ian Cole. And yeah, I think the defense, I just have it up in front of me right now, is still very, very good. Different, but very, very good. It's it's the it's the offense and how it's all going to shake up, how the lines are going to look. Um, we already talked about a little bit. If, if you're this deep at centers, especially if they bring in Yemi, how are things going to shake up? I still think it's a positive team, but if you look at that roster compared to Oh, boy. Some of the big hitters in the the Metro division, then I, I don't know where they land. I personally think that they still make the playoffs. I, I really do. But I want to hear where you're at.
1: Well, and you're missing the biggest thing here, Isha, because we defense. Yep. Still solid forwards. Yep. Still solid. We have no clue what we're getting out of this completely revamped goaltending group.
0: Fair, but, like, every year, especially when Mrazik was there, you didn't know what you were getting anyways because Mrazik was either unreal or so bad. And, I mean, James Reimer, like, oh, who cares? Like, he's not... James Reimer's in the past sort of thing. So, yes, I agreed. It's a huge question mark. But for me, that was always the question mark with the Carolina Hurricanes.
1: No, that's... I guess that's fair. And now we got to look at, because, again, they are back in the Metropolitan Division, which, uh, basically, we're swapping the Carolina Hurricanes and the Columbus Blue Jackets in for the Boston Bruins and Buffalo Sabres. Uh, We saw last year that this was far and away the most dominant stacked division. When we look at it, and again, Columbus is going to take a step back for sure, but when them and New Jersey Devils are like clearly the worst two teams, that's a pretty solid division the rest of the way up. And I still think New Jersey is going to be competitive this year.
0: Yeah, New Jersey is going to take a step forward for sure.
1: Yeah. So we've got six teams battling for anywhere from three to five spots. We don't know because we don't know how many the Atlantic is going to claim. The Atlantic probably could pull four of them. So let's just say we're only getting four from the Metro. Like, who do you have atop this, Isha? Like, or I guess tell me who's out, like, distinctively for you between the two New York teams, Carolina philly pittsburgh washington
0: um oh, like who
1: Who stands out first is like this team's out or is there someone that's automatically in in your mind
0: rangers and philly are out oh you got two all
1: right wow yeah,
0: yeah. i think carolina uh the islanders pittsburgh and washington still get it done I think it's going to be close between the Islanders, Carolina, and then again, Philly and New York, New York. I, I, I still, they had, I thought they were going to take that next step last year and they were close. It was a unique season. I don't know if they're there yet. Philly, they're a huge question mark, right? Like, yeah, they've shaken things up this year as well. Is it enough? I don't know. Um, when Barry Trotts with the Islanders and Mike Barzell's there, I mean, I'm still just going to believe in that defensive system. They played unbelievable in the playoffs as well. And I just can't, count out Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the same goes for Ovechkin in the Capitals.
1: Yeah. And so again, I don't know exactly where they fall in this, but you pretty much said right there, like even the bottom two, you weren't totally sold on being out. This is a tough one to compete in because now you're going up against them regularly, right? It's not nearly the same as last year, but you're still going to have more interdivision play and it's just going to be a lot more teams that are consistently up on top of their game and pushing you when you look back and see, Oh great. Every team won tonight. We got to fucking win. It's just a little bit different scenario than they were in last year where it was clearly them, Florida and Tampa like that. That was the tier, which this year in the Atlantic, it's going to be pretty similar. It's going to be Tampa, Florida, Boston and Toronto. I don't really see anyone else. Being in that group.
0: Yeah, Montreal is not making the playoffs this year. <laughs>
1: they're they're kind of screwed.
0: They weren't even supposed to make the playoffs last year. But again, credit to Weber and the boys.
1: A slight hit to the defense, but really at the end of the day, their defense is pretty solidified. Forward group really doesn't change except for the potential add of Kakaniemi. It's really gonna be about the goaltending. Can Anderson and Ronta can either one stay healthy? And if so, can they give us the consistent play that we've seen from both of them at times in their career? I'm a big Freddie Anderson guy.
0: Yeah, I think on paper, the goaltending got better. Again, on paper. On, on yes. paper, yes. On paper. <laughs> so uh, and yeah, again, because we've seen uh remember, Thomas Vokun join the Capitals and their goaltending on paper got better. And how'd that turn out? Another first round fucking exit. But anyways. I hope my Capitals get past the first round or even make the playoffs this year. I know I was pretty confident confident in that last segment there, but hey, I mean, anyone could drop. You know, like I'm confident that as long as Sidney Crosby's with the Penguins, they're going to make the playoffs too. But man, this division's so tough that like the Penguins are even a few injuries away from from losing it there as well. So
1: yeah, and now, it's going to be a fun one. What's What's the big move for Carolina that hasn't been mentioned yet? Because it happened between our last episode and now.
0: I don't know. I. Again, I was drunk last night watching UFC, so uh, I don't it remember. Well, it was well
1: before that. So. <laughs> that was my out. <laughs> uh, they, they, they signed a pretty big extension.
0: No, I don't remember. I mean, you're going to say it. And I'm going to be like, oh, but fucking you are. say it.
1: Let, let, Let's hear it. Andre Svechnikov.
0: Oh, yeah. Setting the price for Pedersen, apparently.
1: If I mean, if that's the price that they think he's going to get, that sounds great for you.
0: I know. That's what I'm saying. again, Now I have that. Oh, I'd be yeah, worried. He's like... gonna make more. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. Everyone in Vancouver is now rejoicing because they're like, "Oh, Svestikov, who's realistically put up the same amount of points as Pedersen, you know, yeah. in his time playing, um, who's more of a power forward type player, more of a stronger player, geared towards the National Hockey League." How'd that work against Ovechkin? Yeah. Well, okay. He he fought Ovechkin. Okay. The guy's not a fighter. He's not a boxer. You said stronger. You said stronger. Yeah. He still could be strong. I mean, no. Ovechkin. He's got that I'm old man dead. fucking crazy ass strength. The guy doesn't even have to work out and. He can still like a guy can beat up anybody. But anyways, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, this that means Pedersen's gonna come in at you know under nine million dollars. And then, you know, Rick Dollywalls and SportsNet and athletic writers were like, Yeah, don't be fooled. Like, this is Don Waddell just doing great work here because, you know, <laughs> put it this way, Sveshkov if Sveshtikov was with the Canucks, Jim Benning would have given given him 10 mil probably already.
1: Oh, easily. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm I'm fucking terrified, man. I was I was I tweeted out the other day, I think when the beer started to flow that like petterson could be could, could be offer sheets and it and that would be jim benning's biggest test and if he can't stay if if they lose him uh then hughes is gonna make like 11 mils so it's just a fucking lose lose all around
1: oh hang on let's see this
0: oh no what are you well, seeing let's,
1: well let's just do some
0: you doing some math over here.
1: there uh-oh Montreal Canadiens have all of their own draft choices. They could easily turn around and just decide to offer Sheet Pedersen.
0: Do they have the cap space? That's the question.
1: they can make it work this year, and beyond that, it's a matter of, let's see, they're going to lose three and a half, another two, plenty of smaller deals that add up. I'll, it I'll really, really say comes this. Yeah.
0: Pedersen will not want to play in Montreal because Montreal is not a winning team. And that's the only reason why we're, because Canucks fans, we're scared that he might not stay here right now because the Canucks, they have a chance because the Pacific is a dog shit division right now. So they have a chance to make the playoffs and be competitive. But Pedersen's been very, very vocal. What? And hop. He's even highlighted this, highlighted it on the podcast that he wants to win. So okay. does, he every, wait, 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 does he have a better chance winning?
1: Every time last year that he saw the Montreal Canadiens, pretty sure the Montreal Canadiens won.
0: Come on, man. Last year. Last year was a completely different scenario. They, The Montreal Canadiens are a different team. The Canucks are a better team this year than they were last year. So why would you want to go to a team that got worse versus, you know, re-sign with a team that you may be tentative with, but you at least has gotten better and that you know, it's your team, this team that drafted you. So I, I, I'm scared that it would be a different team. You know, someone who actually is like a piece or two away, you know, and just rejigs the roster to be able to bring in, you know, someone like Pedersen. I don't have a name off the top of my head, but there would have to be a team that was further along.
1: Oh, like the Minnesota wild.
0: Honestly, honestly, man, it would be pretty fucking perfect.
1: I don't think Darren will offer sheet. I think he wants to keep all of his picks as Again, much as I would love the chaos of offer sheeting anyone. And now they
0: trade. No, no, no. Here it is. Here it is. And this is the clip. They trade Kaprizov to get those picks back and they bring in the top center that they always wanted in Elias Pedersen.
1: Sure. I'm I'm supportive.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's ask Derek. He'll fucking start, start this on Twitter. We can get him behind this, probably.
1: He'll get a poll going for us.
0: He'll get a poll going. You hear that, Derek? Get a poll going. I expect one, Uh, you know, Monday afternoon after you listen to this. Would
1: you trade Capriza for Pedersen?
0: Pretty much, because that's how it would play out. Oh, man, I can't wait. On, and, you know, we're going to, I guess we'll tease this now. We are going to do another, like, preseason division beer bet, you know, devoted episode it's gonna be a lot of fun and you're um, not gonna
1: delete them this time either and i
0: will not a d- a it bitch. was an accident how many times do i have to tell you that it was an accident you can go
1: back and see the history on your sheet you're like nope it's just gone
0: hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um but uh, we're gonna have joey and joe in on uh in on the beer bets and the predictions this time around we had uh we had producer pigeon who who helped out last year who, who else was our we had somebody else. Joey. Oh, and Joey as well. Okay, there you go. Um, but yeah, very excited about that episode. Uh, when, when do you think we'll do that? You know, sometime in September.
1: Um, I'd say later September, early October is when we'll probably have a different episode dedicated to each one. Which I mean, high high level Isha. So we've got the Metro, which is stacked, the Atlantic, which is like literally 50-50 top heavy, top four are great, bottom four, <laughs> not so much. Central, central which is that's tough really uh, they're they're close behind the metro as far as like how deep they are i agree Ooh, here's, yeah. here's, here's a fun one off that though isha would you rather have the devils and the blue jackets in your division or the coyotes and the predators
0: oh blue jackets and devils 100 percent. i wouldn't really
1: oh yeah i'd much rather play against the coyotes and
0: I mean, Coyotes, whatever, but Nashville, I still, I, again, I don't, I'm not going to be as bullish as I've been on, uh, I've been I the bet Devils are better
1: than Predators this year.
0: Oh, I'll take that fucking bet. Right I don't think now. they're
1: going to have a better record
0: because well, they're playing defi- in the Metro define better than like, just what, what stats okay. are we going by?
1: Head to head, New Jersey wins more games than Predators. I'll do. take
0: that bet. <laughs> we'll have
1: to figure out. I hope it's not an even number of games. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll take that bet. Uh, <laughs> That's so funny. You should go on complete 180 and complete one hundred and eighty. Be like, yeah, I don't, I'm not as bullish on the Predators, and I'm just like, fuck it, I'll bet on them again. <laughs> uh,
1: it's too hmm. easy with you. And then we've got the Pacific, which is literally Vegas and
0: yeah, Vegas and everyone else. I mean, the Calgary Flames, maybe they do something. The Edmonton Oilers, maybe they do something, but Ducks it's... and
1: Sharks are the only ones that are like decisively
0: out, in my opinion. Honestly, again, on paper, the Vancouver Canucks are, are gonna be at the top of the Pacific. On paper.
1: What's at the top? Does that mean top four?
0: That means just somewhere under Vegas.
1: <laughs> so everyone is.
0: Um I, I would say that they might they could go as high as second or just be a playoff team. Depending that's how that's how much of a wild card this this division is
1: i think this is a big year for edmonton to show out they either need to dominate in this shitty division or there's going to be heads that roll
0: that's the thing my 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 heads my eyes are already rolling it's like i i've had no confidence with the edmonton orleans i i tried to get on i tried to get on the train when Nuge eberle and hall were there and you know dubnik was on the back same with Petrie. like it was it was a great budding young team you know that lot. Like I had to jump off that wagon right away, and there's ever since it just stung too much. I mean, I bought like an Edmonton Oilers snapback that's just like gaining dust on my shelf because I'm too ashamed to wear that thing. You know. Um, anyways, I just have I've lost all my confidence in the Edmonton Oilers, and furthermore, they have Drysaddle McDavid now, not and Hall and Everly, and they still can't get it done. Like it's not the players' fault. <laughs> yeah, it's oh man, what a what an off season for the Oilers. I mean you said it there they got to put up or shut up or it's going to be it's going to be a scary off season for oilers fans if they don't do anything this year and it's like they have to do well in the playoffs because if they don't make the playoffs it's over like that's that's i think they have to
1: make the playoffs and they have to win around. if they don't do that people they got to be
0: western conference finals sort of team or else it's uh
1: no because they have to beat vegas to get to the western conference finals i think if they go to six or seven with vegas it's
0: man. The Canucks acceptable. went seven with Vegas. I'm sorry. Like yeah, that was, Edmonton, a of years was ago. <laughs> they have to beat them. Well, they weren't. They they the Canucks had no business being in the playoffs that year, and they still went seven with uh Vegas. They won they the play no in round
1: being in the playoffs.
0: No, they they won a play in round against the Minnesota Wild. They the were Canucks, the higher
1: seed in that play in round, which means they would have made the playoffs without the, a play in round.
0: I'm saying the Canucks had no business being there. They were an awful team that year. But they caught fire in the playoffs and were able to go, you know, seven games with the the Vegas Golden Knights.
1: Whatever you say.
0: What I'm saying is, I I don't think that that doesn't satisfy me. Sure, like it's it's fine. It's a fine bar. People can agree with you. That's okay. With me, no. The Edmonton Oilers, they've been fringe for too much time with with uh, with McDavid. It's it. They have to be dominant this year. It's fuck it, blow it up.
1: So the Vancouver fan is the one that's going to dictate what the bar is for Edmonton. <laughs> that that's not a conflict of interest <laughs> at
0: all. <laughs> Not at all.
1: <laughs> so what's what's the bar for Vancouver this year? Is it just make playoffs and yeah. participate?
0: <laughs> yeah. Participation badge all the way. Okay. Um, all right. We've we talked about the Carolina hurricanes. We've teased that we are gonna get into uh, you know, this division talk and, and beer bets in uh in the in the coming weeks, in in September there, which man, just a few more weeks till preseason and everything just starts ramping up. It's uh it was a quick summer, you know, obviously because the, the playoffs went into the summer, but a few uh, NHL and just general hockey topics. I just want to quickly touch on before we move on to our final segment of Tim Peel's hot mic of the week, uh, the Canadian Hockey League. That's right. The CHL major junior hockey up here in Canada, making it mandatory for players to show proof of vaccinations to play. Not surprised here at the least. I made a funny tweet, though, that was like, oh, there's going to be a lot of angry, like, Saskatchewan dads pulling their... uh, Or Northern Alberta and Saskatchewan dads pulling their kids out of hockey. And it caught a little bit of fire. People were like, well, where are they going to go play then? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, Junior A hasn't made this announcement yet. I'm sure... Every AJHL team, SJHL team, whatever BCHL teams have room, they'll they'll take these guys in, you know, right away. Um, but again, at the end of the day, just just wanted to highlight that it's this is the world we're living in in professional sports. We've seen that there were a lot of issues in junior hockey with the COVID nineteen, uh, you know, virus. I mean, just look at Rossi and him losing a whole season because of just how the world junior in that bubble quote unquote, which it wasn't a fucking bubble at all. As so many kids got sick and were exposed to that. I'm not surprised that they want to make sure that these guys are healthy. And probably Rossi facilitated part of that decision too. Like we don't want kids to get this fucked up and potentially lose their lives or their playing careers as a result of us just being a little careless or I don't know, appeasing those on a certain political side.
1: Do they have any kind of plexiglass rules? that would apply to you know allow you to not be vaccinated sorry that that's that's just Kirk Cousins jab
0: okay. oh yes <laughs> i was actually watching a bunch of what he said or what he's been saying the other day it's uh it's pretty funny but hey i mean there's those in the in the hockey world and actually those i work with you know you it's pretty funny how you see a lot of people's true colors when uh, the world's faced with a little uh little adversity there um the nhl hobby. and this is very exciting as you you said uh, various times that you really want this, but didn't believe it to be true. And again, until the skates hit the ice, we we don't know if it's going to happen 100%, but it has been reported that the NHL, the IOC and the IHF are going to make a statement very, very soon, either, you know, first thing tomorrow, Monday, or today here on Sunday, that the NHL has reached an agreement with the IHF and the IOC uh, to have the NHL players play in the Winter Olympics. I'm so excited for this. Like it's man, the Olympics, the winter Olympics, though Canada dominates in a lot of the sports there. It's not the same without our NHL players playing on the ice there. You know, the the finals, if be it USA and Canada, especially the USA and Canada games, they don't have that magic without the NHL players. I mean, I I don't want to no disrespect to any of the North American players and any of the, players who played in the last Olympics, who obviously weren't in the NHL, they are playing at the highest level in their respected leagues that are outside of the NHL. and again, like i I waved the flag strong for for our Canadians uh there, but it was at the end of the day a very, very diluted tournament where Germany, you know, was making waves and and where obviously the Olympic athletes of Russia just kind of um they, they went through that that tournament like it was nothing. and you know. Kirill Kaprizov sure he's got a gold medal but let's be honest it wasn't a real gold medal this is where it wasn't wasn't
1: even for Russia
0: (laughs) yeah exactly he didn't even get it for Russia he got it for the fucking he was an Olympic athlete so I've gone on a little bit about that people obviously know my position uh what are your thoughts
1: I mean I'm obviously thrilled about this and you talk about like again taking nothing away from the players that went this past run in 2018 Two of the best players on that team were Jordan Greenway and Ryan Donato. If that gives anyone context, like, that forgot what that was about.
0: Yeah, we had Gilbert (laughs) Brulé.
1: I I love the Olympic hockey because, like, again, it's like the the world championships and stuff. Like, that is what it is. Like, it's cool to see everyone play for their country. But, like, you know the players care a lot about this. Especially, I mean, you know in Canada, Isha, but you look at the Russians, that care so much about representing their country.
0: It's bigger than a Stanley Cup for them.
1: Seriously. And then it you've is. got you've got the Scandinavian countries. You've Sweden got and USA. Finland, yep. Man, it like these are like really, really rich, talented countries, great nations, and it's fun to see them put on their colors and see the rosters get shift shuffled up a little bit, right? Like, cause let's be real, the all-star game has been diluted over the past decade or oh, two yeah. to the point where like it's it's not even a real game. But this is a way to see the best players in the world playing with their, with their countrymen. Right. And just seeing a different look, it's best on best and it's, I'm not going to lie, man, even though it's stung like hell when USA took silver to Canada, like there is nothing more exciting than seeing that for a gold medal game, seeing it go to overtime like that. That's what it's all about.
0: Yeah. And what I love about it too, it's like it doesn't like obviously Canada, USA for the gold medal. That's the cream of the crop. That's what we're always hoping for. But the Scandinavian teams are so good that whether it's USA, Finland, or USA, Sweden, or, you know, Canada, Sweden, Canada, whatever, even Olympic athletes of Russia, these are all teams that you can tip your cap to and be like, these are the best players in their respected country and all of them, you know, pretty much all of Sweden's roster, pretty much all of Finland's roster and pretty much all of Russia's roster are NHL players, give or take a few here and there, because obviously the KHL produces some unbelievable talent that works. Let's, let's be honest, the systems work better for international play with the bigger ice. Same goes for the Scandinavian teams. I mean, finland to a degree with their hybrid ice but you get what i'm saying there i also love seeing and this is where i love seeing the mm-hmm. world juniors too i love seeing the underdogs man like denmark they just qualified guess I'm how guess how you don't know
1: no <laughs> nikolai ehlers oh he was dude, their hero he, dom-
0: he dominated he's my hero I know you love him. Um, so I always love, you know, especially in world juniors, you're following the Swiss team. Cause I know they have a great junior development program. And obviously when the junior players get a little older, they're going to graduate to the Olympic program and, you know, Swiss they're, they're a rising team as well, but even just some of like, like Latvia, whenever Latvia is in, they just go balls to the wall. It doesn't matter who they're playing. I remember Latvia played Canada and it must've been uh, 2010. I think it was 2010 anyways. And like, it was a Luongo was a net but it was a crazy game. Sure Canada outshot them like crazy. Luongo only had to make like 10 saves I think. But Latvia's goalie made like 50, I think it was like 55 or 58 fucking saves and it was just one of those games where like it was like a 3-1 game or it was like a 3-nothing game or something like that. The goalie like played his ass off just because he was on the biggest stage. He's like putting everything on the line. And those are the storylines that like true best on best, because again, world championship, those are players who want to be there, want to represent their country, but Olympic teams, the best in the world get cut. Like that's how much of like a, a mm-hmm. cutthroat um, tournament it is. That's how that's how much the players, you know, are driven to be there. That they'll go to camps and like the best, some of the best in the world for the respected NHL teams get fucking cut from these Olympic teams.
1: Steve Iserman didn't put Martin Saint Louis on um, the Canadian roster in a year where he was top five in scoring. What does that tell you?
0: I mean, it tells me that he he knew what he was doing because he put Chris uh, no, because Koenitz-
1: he ended up on he ended up on the team. Shamkos got hurt.
0: I know, but he uh, put Kunitz there and they won a gold medal. But yes, Dude, he was Kunitz an ultimate. wins
1: championships, man. He he got Crosby onto that Canadian team and it was impressive that he did so.
0: What I love <laughs> about Stevie Y doing, doing so is that like, and this is what I like about general managers of Olympic teams, especially in Canada. Again, I don't know how it's done in the USA program and, and others, but Canada, like, they don't necessarily just go down the list and go, okay, these are the best players. We're taking them. Obviously they're all getting a, a shot in camp, but you see, like, the teams are built in certain ways. Like, there's some GMs who wouldn't have had the balls to bring in Kunins for, for that team, right? But but Stevie Y did his due diligence was like, no, if I'm going to get someone to put on Crosby's wing, it's going to be this fucking guy. Or oh, he you didn't know? play with them. <laughs> well, you know what I
1: mean. Oh, okay. I don't, but you hear about the ones like Team USA, right? This is back, I think this might have been the year that they lost to Canada. Burke was at the helm picking the team, and somehow the audio got leaked of them like having battle on which player should make it and which shouldn't. And he basically calls Bobby Ryan out as being a coward, like doesn't have the guts to win. And he even came out and said, like, I picked Bobby for my team. I was just making arguments for every player. But it's absolute bullshit, Bush League, that that kind of shit would leak out to the public because that is not that shouldn't be shared. Kind of like the the Uber incident for the Ottawa Senators players.
0: No, yeah, exactly. And uh, Gerard Gallant getting a taxi cab out of Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that um, picture, like, I really just wish he like threw up like a sign, like, yeah, like I know this is a... gonna fucking get viral, anyways. Excited, just like snares of the camera, but
1: yeah. And so my, I this is a weird nerdy one, but like my favorite Olympic game period is I think this was actually pool play before even getting to the. The bracket, and it's Canada versus Switzerland, and Canada puts up. I, you guys can fact check me. I don't remember. I think it was like fifty or sixty shots, and Switzerland will just say it wasn't a pleasant number of shots that they put up, and still tied that game two to two because one of my favorite goalies, Jonas Hiller. I was just gonna say Hiller was in net. Wasn't on he? his damn head. Fuck, he he is the good. biggest Jekyll and Hyde player. Like if he's in net you're either not going to have a single chance to win that game, or you're going to put up six. Poppy,
0: like, there's no in between. <laughs> you, you look at his career, Anaheim, Calgary. <laughs> Although one of the best masks in Calgary Flames history, Matt Black, the whole thing. What a fucking statement. I love that. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Love goalie mask designs. That could be, a, I, I say it's a summer episode of wrapping up the summer here, but that could be like a lull episode. We talk goalie mass. Again, my favorite. Matt like that's a fucking statement or those who just go balls to the wall with their like you know their country's flag like some would just go like all USA or all Canada sure. or whatever I, I like those ones uh as well
1: see I'm I'm weird I've shifted like goalie helmets are sweet I'm more of a goalie leg pad guy now
0: Um, honestly I think that's something that just comes with age because I get so jacked when I see sick fucking goalie pads man oh man yep um was it Mankato Mank- uh, I may have been Mankato. Some of this throughout the season, there was like a concept, someone like Mankato's uh, hockey program retweeted it, but it was just like a fucking sick. It was like a, it was like a Vic- like a Vikings and Mankato kind of um, uh, collaboration that some, you know, aspiring or maybe professional, I don't know, graphic designer posted. Um, anyways, I, I, I'll dig through my archives and see if I can find it because I don't know if I retweet it or not, but man, again, I just love looking at even the ones that are real, ones that are concepts. It's it's so fucking cool. It's a work of art, 100%. Oh, dude.
1: Do you remember Corey Schneider's?
0: Which which ones?
1: Oh man, I'm. Uh, with the Devils? I'll send it to you. No, not with the Devils. His USA ones.
0: Oh, then I don't. I, I remember he, oh, he got a little really funky with his ones with the Devils too. But
1: oh man, it's they might be the best that I've seen.
0: Yeah, Corey Schneider loved the guy when he was with the Canucks, but as soon as he put on the Team USA jersey, give a fuck about him. <laughs> then I was Team Luongo. <laughs> Um. Uh, last thing I want to dive into here actually I'll just say quickly that uh, shout out to the, the Canadian women's we talked about the, Can- or the, um, ho- the hockey world championships the women's world championships are going on right now there's been some awesome games we talked a little bit about it on the last podcast but I just had to highlight here to all our American listeners that uh, Canada defeated the USA 5-1 in a dominant victory not a big deal couldn't get the shutout but hey props to the USA goaltender there uh for being able to at least help out the team a little bit and not get absolutely embarrassed and that was without marie philippe poulin so there you go um but anyways last but not least the Minnesota Wild sign a uh, some some depth on defense Vancouver Island boy, Jordy Ben, a former Dallas star, Vancouver Canuck. He played, I think he had his best season with the Montreal Canadiens. Again, he knows his role. I saw wild Twitter kind of freaking out being like, does this this mean Kalen Addison's not playing? Is this, is he taking his job? It's like, guys, he literally, Jordy Ben was a depth depth defenseman on the Vancouver Canucks who didn't have a rich uh, defense. He was a healthy scratch. I'd say, you know, more than half of the year this guy knows his role he is a a depth defender he's going to come in with injury or come in when addison you know needs to take the night off for the general manager billy garren says hey i need you to watch a couple things you know i need you to take a step back from the game watch it from this angle see what you know see where you need to be and then get back in there because that happens with prospects all the time that happens with young players, especially on the defensive side. Um, so I, I don't think it's worrisome at all. If anything, I, I like this. Jordy Ben very serviceable. Uh, he's not gonna put up points like he did in Montreal or even a little bit with the Dallas Stars, very much a stay-at-home guy, not as flight as foot as he used to be, he never really was an outstanding skater, anyways. But you know, if he stays home and just handles his own zone, uh, gets the puck out of there or sends it, you know, to the neutral zone where, where someone can carry it out. He's done his job. He's not going to play a lot of minutes, anyways. A decent penalty killer.
1: Yeah, he's definitely not flight of foot. Um, but I don't know. I understand some of the Addison concern. And I I do on off, like I'm good with this signing, but Kalen Addison's not currently in the roster plans. He is not one of the top six defensemen unless there's something that I'm missing with the people that they signed in the off season. But my understanding is that the third pairing right now would be Kulikov and Merrill. Yeah. And it's pretty much if someone in the top four goes down, Addison's their guy. Jordy Ben has zero correlation to Kalen Addison. Like there is no way that you'd look at a slot and be like, which player do we need? And think that, Addison and Ben are at all the same type of player you're either pulling in Addison or you're pulling in Ben There's well,
0: and, and, and put it this way I know it's he didn't sign a two-way deal thank you for highlighting that for me but if like if Addison did work as you know win a job out of camp and the other two defensemen like you highlighted as well we're like well they need to be here no one's going to claim Jordy Ben if he gets sent to Iowa you know
1: true that's true
0: so and, and and I don't think he will. I mean, he'll probably be like, "Oh, for fuck's sake,s this is why I didn't sign a two way deal." But like the guy is, he still wants to play hockey. He got a deal late in the off season. He knows what his role is. And by the way, I have to I have his old jersey here um, in the BCHL before the the Victoria team became the Victoria Grizzlies. Where actually Alex Newhook played his two years of junior hockey. They were the fucking Victoria Salsa. Look at this atrocity! Though. Now, beautiful, beautiful BCHL jersey. This was a legit BCHL jersey, Hoppy. It looks like a fucking kid drew this. How, you know, awesomely terrible is this?
1: I just don't even know how else to even describe that. Like, it, it, it is awesomely terrible. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Insane. Like, that was the BCHL in the 90s.
1: It's cool as a fan to have and, like, be able to yeah. wear... If I saw my team actually wearing it I'd be like what the fuck
0: <laughs> So before they changed you know completely to the Grizzlies they tried to make the salsa guy um well I guess what is it the pepper they tried to make him like badass and so they gave him like armor and made him like a warrior with like a um, and made like the stick almost like a sword and him like riding the V but that lasted like 1 year then they went with those colors cuz then they went uh, what are they? Black and yellow at that point. Then they put those colors to become the Victoria Grizzlies, which are now black and yellow. And Victoria Grizzlies playing in one of the best arenas in BC, and I've been to quite a few of them. But anyways, I had that on hand, so I was like, "Oh, we're gonna talk Jordy Ben. I have to. I think he played. He played two years with the salsa before they became the Cougars. Uh, and and his brother, obviously, um, Jamie Ben, played one year for the uh, Cougars before he jumped and uh, uh, went to to Kelowna. There, both of them. Played for the team that actually, when I was getting into broadcasting, worked for in the VIJHL, the Vancouver Island Junior League, Junior B out here. They both played for the Peninsula Panthers uh, before moving up to the BCHL. So shout out Pete and the Peninsula Panthers. I know Pete uh, listens every now and then to the soda Pod.
1: All right. And the other thing that we have to hit on here, because like there was a ton of outrage with this signing, which makes zero goddamn sense for a one-year 900K deal. I have grown so tired. Of the people that just scream into the void about Brennan Manel. I don't give a shit anymore about his feelings or yours. I don't care if you think that we should have spent that money that we just spent on Jordy Ben on Brennan Manel. Clearly, there was an issue between him and Garen. He didn't want to take a two way deal. Garen said, fine, goodbye. He goes and signs a two way deal elsewhere. It tells me everything I need to know about the guy. He's probably exactly. going to be talented. He's probably going to find an opportunity at some point, and people are going to be bummed then, and I'm sure we'll have everyone on Minnesota Twitter reminding us of it. I just don't give a damn anymore about him at all, and this, again, has zero indication on what did or didn't go down in those negotiations.
0: Chill the fuck out. Um, last segment. Let's dive into it. Tim Peel's hot mic of the week. Against Nashville early. Oh. All right, we missed it last week, so making up for it this Monday before Hoppy takes his vacation. Tim Peel's Hot Mic of the Week. Um, we get Hoppy to vote on what is the best hot mic here because it's just entertaining or if it's the best one because it's just that bad. And our listeners, we love your interaction and opinions on this as well. Copy. yes, the intro is a little different. I couldn't find the updated one that Dylan uh, made, so we settled with this one. It's buried in my email somewhere. I'll find it upon your return. Okay, big weekend. Uh, Again, people know I'm a big fighting guy. Not as much boxing, but huge in the MMA world. Um, But on Saturday, the UFC had its UFC Vegas Fight Night 34, which was also the Ultimate Fighter finale. I like the Ultimate Fighter. It's a you know, quirky, nerdy MMA reality show where a bunch of fighters, you know, live in a house for a few weeks and they have just like a weekly tournament where they, you know, make fight their way uh, to the finale. And if they win the finale, they get a UFC contract. Um, it was because of this show years and years ago, I believe it was like 2004, 2005, where two fighters named Forrest Griffin, and Stefan Bonner fought on Spike TV as it was a live show. And it was one of the most just bloody, matches ever where these guys just you know i, I compare the the ultimate fighter to like the world juniors of ufc because they're just so raw their technique isn't sound but they just go balls to the wall and try to knock each other out and it was it was that fight that boosted the rating so high that the ufc was able to recover as they were going to fold after that season of the ultimate fighter the whole company because they were just hemorrhaging money so this show is very important to dana white and you know the ufc because it brings prospects into the uh, into the company and also because of that fight it actually saved uh, the entire company so that was on the weekend and because of that i thought i'd go you know fighter fighter heavy again for tim peels hot mic of the week uh today at the time of this recording you know, Monday with this, when this comes out, you will all know the result of Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul having that Showtime boxing match. Uh, Tyron Woodley is one of the greatest welterweights of all time in the UFC. He's facing off against YouTube sensation and now pro boxer Jake Paul, uh, Canadian and MMA analyst, the, the biggest of them all, Errol Hawani of SB Nation, interviewed them on like a Showtime special hoppy yesterday. And uh, Woodley had one of the best hop mics at, uh, of the day. And you know boxers, they like to promote fights. They go back and forth. But this interview was a little bit more serious. And uh, Hawani asked uh, Paul if all the fighters were grateful to be on a card with him, as this this might be their biggest payday. All their biggest payday of their careers by far. Ask Amanda Serrano. Ask Charles Conwell. Ask Tyron Woodley.
1: Ask these know, nuts.
0: For- <laughs> Tyron Woodley with the uh, with the good response there, and ask these nuts. <laughs> okay. And then there was just silence for, like, a few minutes as Hawani just tried to, like, not fucking laugh there. Oh, man. All right, so that's the first one. Second, we're throwing it over to former UFC world champion uh, Rampage, Quentin Rampage Jackson. A lot of people know him, you know, for his one, uh, one-off one role in the A-Team uh, remake as Mr. T. Uh, he's also with Errol Hawani here. Uh, they're friends, so, uh, I mean, Jackson could have his own sub-series of hot mics because the guy's just full of sound bites. It- most importantly, how are you celebrating tonight? And am I invited? You're not invited, but I, I'm going to celebrate my ass off. But I better not see your ass there. You don't want to be around me while I got alcohol in me. That'll homie. ruin your night. That'll ruin my night. If I look up, I see your ugly ass face. Look at me with this, with this god-awful get-up. So again, Jackson, not surprised, he's very unfiltered, but the fact that like he's friends with Hawani and doesn't care that it's like a professional, I think it was even for ESPN at the time, he's just attacking him right there, He'd be like, you, terrible get up, ugly ass face. Um, anyways, who takes the cake this week in a uh, you know fighter special of Tim Peel's Hot Mike of the Week, Hoppy?
1: I mean, the second one you just gave me is good, but it seems like too friendly and playful. Like... I, I like it when it's more serious and someone that's like taking a dig at someone. Like, so if it was actually someone he didn't like, he's like, No, you're not fucking invited. That'd be a little different.
0: <laughs> Ugly ass um, face.
1: <laughs> and then the other one with Jake Paul, like, I, I like the aspect that Woodley just like pops in in the middle of it to throw in a joke when it's the other guy that's actually replying. So I, I kind of liked that angle. I'll, I'll go with these nuts.
0: I like that one too because I didn't see it coming at all. Because I, and I know boxing fights like they go at each other it's a lot of theater you're trying to promote because you looked at conor mcgregor mcgregor and uh floyd mayweather like they went out they went on their whole like bickering tour and at mm-hmm. the end of the fight they embraced them and each said to each other We just made so much fucking money. That's what they each said to each other, embracing after the fight. So, you know, like there's a little bit of teamwork here in in creating this event. But I mean, there were so many things over this weekend where actually like Jake Paul's camp were, you know, openly dissing, you know, Tyron Woodley's mom. And then like Mama Woodley jumps on stage in the press conference and tries to get at them. So like there was a lot of things that were off script here that like weren't supposed to happen. So there's a lot of heat. And uh, I haven't yet decided I'm a few hours out if I'm going to dish the money that you have to for these type of fights. I'm not, again, I'm not a huge boxing guy, more of a mixed martial arts, but we'll see if I can uh, convince a buddy or two. I might, uh, I might jump on there after this, but, uh, okay. Um, um, I I I do have to
1: ask though, do you, do you remember, uh, the incident with, (laughs) with the Vegas golden Knights account?
0: No, no. What happened there?
1: Oh, it incident is probably not the right way to put it, (laughs) but we'll just say they got, got, uh, Another shout-out back to the great show that is Entourage. You got got. You got got.
0: I started watching um, it again last night.
1: Oh, baby. Um, so <laughs> uh, someone like is messaging them in their DMs like, hey, I really love that number two guy. Who is that again? And they replied back like, thanks, that's Nick Holden. They replied back, Holden D's nuts. Oh, <laughs> And that went viral real fast.
0: (laughs) Oh, I, how did I, how is that one off my radar? Wow. I don't know. It was, that's amazing. Cause I'm like a, I'm a huge, uh, was it on the doggy style, the chronic? Honestly, those albums are one and the same for me. It's like part one, part two. Um, yeah. So I'm, I love that joke because I'm a huge gangster rap fan. And that's one of the best skits in gangster rap album history. Well, that about does it for the show. It was a fun one this week, unpacked a lot of NHL stuff, a little bit of wild talk, and another fun Tim Peel's hot mic of the week. Thanks for those tuning in on Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Folks, the best thing you do for us this week, any week. Give us five stars on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Go listen to our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com if you're Jones for more hockey content. And on your app, please download the episodes before you listen, as it just helps our business. You can follow myself at VI Sports Talk. You can follow the Soda Pod at the Soda Pod. And you follow the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Pod Net. Hoppy, where can they find you?
1: You can find me at State of Hoppy most places and you can find me at the beach all this upcoming week
0: i was just gonna say that you can find him at the beach for the, the the upcoming week uh have a great vacation man soak in the sun uh don't get too sunburned Wear I wear that sunscreen out there um you know i don't want to see uh i don't want to see that shiny head of yours uh stained red come back from hawaii it well, be, but that's okay. But but again, uh, say hi to your brother. Have a great have a great week. We'll be back on uh, Wednesday and Friday here on the Soda Pod. I uh, don't really know who I'm going to bring on as a co-host for those two shows, but uh, you'll be surprised. Uh, I, I guess that's just what I'm going to say. You're going to be surprised Wednesday and Friday, folks. When I, when I sounds,
1: like, <laughs> sounds like you're going to be surprised. I'm going to be surprised,
0: too, <laughs> when I schedule it up tomorrow. Um, and with that, signing off, I'm Yushi Dromi alongside State of Hoppy. This has been the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. We good, man? We good. Don't fear. Just drink some beer and stay wild.